We're sponsored by Overcast, an independent podcast app that embraces the open world of podcasting instead of locking it down. No exclusives, no premium content, no paywalls, just a great podcast app for everyone. Get it for free in the App Store. Gobble, gobble. Goobble, goobble. Goobble, goobble, gobble, gobble. Happy belated Thanksgiving, Ned. Happy, happy Turkey Day. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Happy, happy Turkey Day. I am so thankful for you. I don't know if I told you. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for Mark Cherry. I'm thankful for... Satan for giving us the apple. I'm mm-hmm. thankful. Yes, thank you, Satan. For all of the listeners that listen to yes. Wisteria Gaze. Yes, a I am. Podcast where we thankfully talk about Desperate Housewives and we're gay. Oh, we are gay. That is true. And I'm Mackenzie. And I'm Ned. And this is Wisteria Gaze. Another holiday. Also, Hanukkah Sameach for everyone who celebrates Hanukkah. Uh, I think that this episode will go out uh, closer to the last day. I am celebrating myself, but uh, happy Hanukkah as well. A lot of holidays coming up. That's probably a little delayed, but you know, gotta celebrate the holidays. Yeah. And I'm glad to be back with my real family, which is the women of Wisteria Lane. Oh, yeah. (laughs) They're all collectively (laughs) going, oh, we should do a Secret Santa with all of the the women oh, with the ladies <laughs> yes oh my gosh i oh this might be a good end of episode question about like what would you get the ladies for secret santa Ooh, that might be a good ooh. end of episode question yeah hell yeah oh hell yes uh, i have a question for you ask ask do away. you want to do you want to jump into this sodi pop in my valentino bag uh yeah absolutely i actually have something pretty exciting though to share with you before we get going going sure I got a listener email. Listener email. Do you mind if I read it to you? I do. You do much. Okay. (laughs) Um, This is from Kim. Kim. Subject line, fellow Wisteria Gay here. Oh. And I want to say, Kim, as they will point out in the email, is our latest patron on our (gasps) Patreon. So let's get into it. Kim says... Just wanted to say that I love your podcast and you two crack me up. I'm on my second or so rewatch of Desperate Housewives. I've been watching it with my girlfriend over the past year and we just made it to season seven. We're 23, 24-ish, by the way. Making me feel old, okay? <laughs> I'm, a I'm only 25, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, I'm going to be 27 in like two months. Oh, wow. I'm going to be fucking old. I'm going to get you a little cane. <laughs> Thank One you. of those over-the-hill things from Party City that <laughs> yes. has, like, the pill bottle, like, glued <laughs> onto the top. I need that for my acid reflux medication. <laughs> um, uh, back to Kim. Kim says, I keep telling her she's in for a wild ride just when I think I'm done with the show. Now I'm binging your podcast. The show is very nostalgic for me, and hearing you both analyze it in such detail is extremely entertaining. I think someone had suggested your podcast on a Reddit thread. Shout out Reddit. Thank you, Redditors. It's so funny, and I wish I knew about it during the quarantine days of the pandemic. It would have kept me entertained. You two have great banter and chemistry. It's because we're in love with each other. (laughs) Um, And it's like listening to a radio show, and it's so fun. Someone give us a radio deal. I would love to be on live radio with you. (laughs) We would would be kicked off immediately because I would forget (laughs) that we can't say fuck. But... (laughs) I would love to be on live radio. We do our own Radio Free Roscoe and we can say whatever the fuck we want. Yes. Remember that show that was on The Inn? No, I don't remember that show. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was kind of around Degrassi times as well. It was Canadian. Well, I mean, I was too busy watching Degrassi. (laughs) The the meme of Degrassi, how to stop being gay. (laughs) Um, But yes, if anyone wants to pay us to be radio personalities, I would love that. And Kim ended the email by saying, just ordered some merch from you two and signed up for the Patreon. Welcome to the Patreon, Kim. Can't wait to keep listening. Hopefully I'll catch up to you two over the next month or so. Best, Kim from New Jersey. Whoa. Shout out, Kim. Shout shout you out, Kim. <laughs> yes. And you all are always welcome to send us emails. We It's we're wisteriagazepodcast at gmail.com and also on our website, wisteriagaze.com. There's like a little form you can submit an email to us. So if you ever just want to say hi. Say hi. We'll read on the pod. We always yeah. love them. 
Now do you want to jump in? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, this episode premiered January 7th, 2007, and was written by Alexandra Cunningham and Josh Center and directed by a new director, mm? ding, 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 Sana Hamri. Mm. And I was like looking through this person's Wikipedia and she hasn't directed much film and TV. She mostly does music videos, which I found oh. interesting. Though the few film and TV things she did, she did direct the sequel to The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. <laughs> and this is for you. Okay. She directed a single episode of Glee. Oh my God, which episode? When they go to New York for like the finals. For, or the- for nationals? Yeah. <gasps> That's such a good episode. <laughs> she directed oh. that episode. Will we ever say the words we're feeling? Oh wait, that's not. Was is it? Is that the one where they no, um where Yeah one. is sung the acapella version of Yeah? It might be. It might which be. Which is the I best Billy the song moment. ever? Maybe. It is. I listen to it a yeah, lot. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised it's not on my Spotify Wrapped. Okay, it's very gay. It's- yeah, it is. That's the best Glee song, and you only hear 30 seconds of it in the whole show. They recorded a full version. I know. It's so good. Oh, I was going to say, because I used to cut the grass when I was a teenager, <laughs> and we had a riding lawnmower, and I would plug in my little earbuds, cut the grass, and yeah, listen to Glee's yeah, version of yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then everybody yeah. stops listening to this podcast, because they go, oh, these <laughs> these two freaks don't don't have taste See, if we had a radio show we would just play the glee version of yeah and everyone would uh be would hate us absolutely somebody should give us their radio station for april fool's day and we just <laughs> we fuck around we play glee and then we fuck around some more when are we gonna have a glee podcast we gotta talk about desperate housewives i know but as i said she's mostly doing music videos and so uh, this was wild to me and i thought that gay people would love this she's done eight mariah carey music videos holy shit she's worked with prince destiny's child you know my girlfriend joss stone she's my top speaking of spotify rap she's my top artist of the decade i love joss stone solange india ari seal raven simone mary j blige notorious big and possibly the most important music video of all time she directed the music video for super bass by Mickey minaj holy shit <laughs> this, this one's for the, the boys, boys the booming system <laughs> Oh, top down. I see what the cooling system. Another Glee classic. Another Glee classic. I actually <laughs> love that version of... I have grown to love the Glee version of that song. But this director is <laughs> iconic. So welcome, Sana Hamri. This is the only episode of this show she directed. Honestly, good for her. Oh, and Sondheim Watch. Just thought I should acknowledge. Um, I think it's kind of important to acknowledge that Stephen Sondheim passed away this last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I mean, he. Uh, you know, he's mostly known for... Uh, Sondheim watch on Mysteria Gaze but also uh, he was like probably the most talented famous musical writer to ever exist in our lifetime uh, and he probably mm-hmm. will be known as like the Shakespeare of musical theater and it kind of rocked the theater world and he was just one of the most genius kind creatives in the world and I kind of love that we get to remember him each week a little bit with uh, Desperate Housewives because all of yeah. our uh, episode titles are songs or lyrics that he created. And so I think it's kind of fun that we get to remember him a little bit each week because uh, it like affected me more than I thought it would. I was like, wow, I'm really actually very sad that um, such a talented person is gone now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this week for Soundtime Watch, the episode is called No Fits, No Fights, No Feuds. And it is lyrics from the song Together Wherever We Go from the Sondheim musical of The Unfortunate G Name. Uh, so that's, oh, yeah. uh, that is where that's from. For Wisteria International, this episode's alternate titles were like, they all sounded like scared straight gay camp Christian VHS tapes. <laughs> so this is called No Fits, No Fights, No Feuds. In France, it's called The Darkness of a Doubt. Oh, my God. In Germany, it's called Immoral Intentions. And in Spain, it was called Without Wrath and Demons. Oh, my God. Doesn't that sound like the most crazy titles of all time? Yes. Absolutely. And that's my facts. I've been talking for 20 minutes. Take me into this episode, Ned. I've got my little flippy floppy shoes on. I got my goggles. I'm ready. I've got my toes. To understand Alma's journey, you know, we got to know how it started. Mm Mm-hmm. It began when she tricked Orson into marrying her uh, by getting pregnant. And what's weird about this relationship is uh, she knows that he doesn't love her. She knows that 
he won't love her unless but like she hopes that like when the baby is born like he'll he'll learn to live that life unfortunately she lost the baby mm-hmm. and she hoped things would still get better but they didn't it kind of made the fact that she calls the bird baby a lot sadder to me like yeah. in that context i was like oh she's put a lot of love she was intending to put somewhere else onto this bird and now it kind of made me more sad that she calls the bird baby and then she finds out but when putting away orson's clothes one day uh lipstick on his collar which means he's having an affair and she thought the only way for him to appreciate her now would be to gone girl him she little okay alma (laughs) invented gone girling yeah she did i even looked up i was like when did this when was this book written I'm just saying, Alma Hodge invented Gone Girling. And I, I just rewatched Gone Girl like two weeks ago. I've never seen it. Oh, it's on Hulu. I put in my notes, you should watch Gone Girl. <laughs> if you haven't already, you should watch it. I should it. watch it. I should watch it. I, I I only know some little bits. I know that there's a cool girl monologue. And I just yes. really wanted Alma to be holding her little bird being like, I'm a cool girl. I'm a, like, I, wanted, I wanted Alma to be doing the monologue. I drink beer. <laughs> <laughs> I have a pet bird. No, um... <laughs> But um, essentially in this scene, you know, the door closes. We get the beginning scene of the series. We find out that when Orson closes the door and she says that she's leaving, he doesn't really care. He's like, fine, leave. I'm in love. I've, this is the first time I've ever been in love. Mm-hmm. Go. Make it easier for me. Yeah. She does not like that. She wants a reaction out of him. And he's just like, we both deserve to be happy, and I don't want to be with you. I don't think that that, that's something I want. And Alma realizes that it's not enough to just leave her husband. He has to be punished. Mm -hmm. And then we see that Alma is knocking on Bree's door. And in my notes, I wrote, Bree answers the door, and who is this model? I am sorry? Because, like, Brie, Marsha Cross is objectively a very beautiful woman, but she looked fucking gorgeous. Yeah. She, like, opened the door and was, like, contoured for the gods. And in this, like, red shirt, I was like, excuse me? Brie? (laughs) Think back. I think back to season one Brie, and I'm like, this is a totally different woman. Like, just aesthetically. Um, I just wanted to point out that Brie looked hot here. I don't know if I pointed out someone's hotness in a while, so I just feel like I'm overdue. Well, Brie looks so hot. Oh, she's sweating a little bit. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Brie, she's so hot. She passed out. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens when Alma opens the door and yes. s- says who she is. Isn't that just like she's just like, hello, and then it's the opening credits? Well, she's like, I'm Alma Hodge. And then Brie, like, faints backwards. And <gasps> I then forgot. I was credits. just talking about how hot she was, and then I forgot yeah. that she fully faints. That's what I was talking about. She passes out. Um, I she thought, falls well, over. you know how sometimes you say things that aren't necessarily <laughs> what's in the episode, and I just go along no. with it? <laughs> That's what I thought was happening, because I didn't write it down. So yes, then we get opening credits, juice my goose, uh, and then we come back to another, our second monologue, mm-hmm. where... Uh, Mary Alice talks about how there is one time of the day that all housewives look forward to. It is a time after all the chores are done, but just before the children come back to school, it's time to hang with the girlies. The girls. The girls. Getting starbies with my girls. (laughs) Uh, I say that at work sometimes. Getting starbies (laughs) with my girls? (laughs) Oh my god. Susan, Gabby, and Lynette are all having some coffee. I was very surprised to see that Lynette and Gabby took Susan's side and everything. Um, Yeah. I mean, they were kind of, but also a little weird about Orson, because they all thought Orson was fully a murderer for a second. That's true. But Gabby has such a close relationship with Brie. Gabri. Susan is just like, hey, guys, did you know that famously when teens lose their parents and have to deal with that grief, they sometimes have to seek out help for their mental health issues? And isn't that a bad thing? Uh, I just hate that they're trying to use the fact that, like, he was a teen whose dad died and he needed some help as, like, a weird, like, ooh, isn't he spooky? Yeah. He had to go stay somewhere for a while. And it's like, sometimes people need help, especially teenagers. Like, this isn't weird. It's just a weird thing they're trying to push here for Mm -hmm. me yeah 
Wait, didn't I say in an earlier episode, what if Alma Gone Girls? Orson? I think you did. I think you did. I think you did. <laughs> I'm sure it is one of the millionth uh, predictions you've gotten right. <laughs> yeah. But speaking of Alma, after that, we cut back to the Hodge household, where Bree and Alma are sitting down, and we find out that Alma's been in Canada living with her aunt this whole time, and yeah, she kind of did want people to think Orson killed her yeah. because she was mad at him. <laughs> I love that. I love that she's honest. Mm-hmm. I actually I love how she was like, I am so sorry to cut you off. Oh, no. okay, go I was going to say, I love that her reasoning for coming back was she started therapy. <laughs> See, therapy's good, everybody. Getting help is good. <laughs> did, did you believe her? Like when I mean, like you've seen this before. Yeah. At this point in the episode, I didn't really believe that she was fully coming back. Because, like, if oh. you're gonna make a guy suffer, of course you're gonna come back. No, I think that. I mean, so at this point in the episode, just like I, I, I do, I have seen it, but I have forgotten a lot. I do genuinely try to take it as we're going episode by episode. And at this point, like, we already saw in the beginning with the monologue and that scene that, like, when her plan goes wrong, she knows to pivot. And mm-hmm. so I think that she's realized that the plan of making everyone think that he killed her has kind of smoothed over and gone wrong. So this is a pivot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think this is just another pivot into – I think she has the end goal of making him suffer. And I think that this she just realized being gone didn't – help the plan any further so i think that's why she's coming back Mm -hmm. i do have a loat nominee for this scene do you want to know what it is go for it yeah of course i wanted to loat myself for looking at brie's tits in this scene because all i wrote in all caps was her tits they're out and then we cut to gabby who's on a date with a newsie what is his hat what is his hat is a newsie it was it was a hat it's hat wash hat watch yeah we haven't had Hat Watch in a hot fucking second. I know. That's why I'm bringing it up. Oh, Hat Watch, Hat Watch, Hat Watch. So Gabby's on a date with Bill. They're on a picnic, and then she gets a call on her cell phone, and it's Carlos watching from Mike's porch, just like, hey, you on a date right now? <laughs> why is Gabby's like, why are you at Mike's house? And Carlos is like, I've been here for three weeks. This is your fault. Anyway, you're going to tell him that you fucking hate picnics? <laughs> that was, I thought this was funny, actually. Yes. I, I like. Thought, I do love that he's like. I've literally been living here. <laughs> that was fucking funny. I like their rapport with each other right now. In this yes. episode, I liked. I liked how they like messed with each other. Yeah, I think that they're more fun when they're divorced and they're not mm-hmm. romantically involved. I think when they can just be like shooting the shit and kind of like razzing each other, but like not trying to fuck each other i just think it's nice it's okay to have a best friend yeah it's okay <laughs> like to have that's a not a woman gabby <laughs> like it's okay, it's okay to, to get... have a best friend <laughs> it's okay to get starbies with your bestie okay <laughs> yeah come on oh my gosh but that's essentially that it's just him kind of messing with her just being mm-hmm. like can you tell him his hat's stupid <laughs> like he calls him like a dork or something which i yeah. thought was funny i feel like I've heard, i haven't heard the word dork in a while yeah very carlos word and that's all we get from that scene. Yeah. Because then we cut to Tom coming home with Kayla. Kayla walks in and she is like completely emotionless. Yes. She's just like like the very creepy. Uh, and Lynette kind of prompts the boys to give her affection and they like pat her on the head like she's a dog. And they offer her little presents. But the most important one is that Lynette gives her a doll that she had when she was little. And it was like her mom's. And her, like, it's like a family mm-hmm. heirloom. It was given to her point. by her grandmother. Yeah. Like it's a very special doll. Like I, like I don't know if you ever had things like that in your family. I had little dolls and little tchotchkes that get passed around through the family. Mm-hmm. And it's very important. It's clearly that like, Lynette is giving this to her to show her like you're part of our family uh but kayla just kind of looks weird and sad and they i think they kind of go away and tom compliments lynette and is like yeah you're doing great she's gonna she just needs to come around and then we kind of button the scene by showing a really weird shot of kayla like dragging the doll up the stairs and banging its head against the stairwell which was fucking wild to me and then we go back to lunch i wrote lesbian of the episode alma calling Bree's pound cake moist your pound cake is yes, so yes. Uh, I They're hate flirting in this scene for me. Yeah, I was like, fuck yeah. Y'all are hate flirting. Just have a threesome and show it to us, please. 
Show us that threesome. Give it to me. Show me Orson Hodge's dick. <laughs> I want to see full dick you, you, shot. You, you, if you do, Blue Velvet, he's full frontal. I mean, I saw Blue Velvet with you. It's like very mild because it's when he, she makes him take all of his clothes off and she like holds a knife to his throat. <laughs> if you haven't seen Blue Velvet, you're probably like, what the fuck? Um, but he gets full nudie in that movie. Oh, yeah, he does. Yeah. Well, show it to me in Desperate Housewives. Yeah, and then I want to we'll see. I want to see. I want to see older Kyle McLaughlin. <laughs> yeah. penis, please. I want to see more mature. A more mature <laughs> Kyle McLaughlin. Yeah. Dick. <laughs> K- Kyle McCoughlin. <gasps> oh my. <laughs> anyway, Ned, if that's not your porn name, I don't. I don't. I don't want to know you anymore. I'll change my name on Twitter. To Kyle McCoughlin. Kyle McCoughlin. That is the funniest fucking thing I've ever heard in my life, Ned. (laughs) That was so fucking funny. I love doing this show with you because I think you're the funniest person. (laughs) And I love hanging out with you. (laughs) I love hanging out with you. God damn. (laughs) That was so funny. So what's this scene about? (laughs) I got so distracted. I'm going to tell you something. Tell, Tell me. And can I just, I need nobody to be mad. And I need us to just, me to say this, and I need us to move on. I didn't take any notes, and so I need to move on to the next scene. (laughs) (laughs) I took some notes. Do you want me to do it? Sure. (laughs) Wait, I I, I basically wrote their hate flirting, and this is only kind of important because we kind of officially learned that Orson let the bird go. They kind of insinuate that he murdered the bird, and we find out that he did let it go. Um, And he's pretty angry that he got set up, and Alma's like, look, I'm gay and in love with Brie now. And he's like, do you have an ulterior motive? And that's kind of that whole scene. Mm -hmm. Because then we move on to our queen. We move on to Julie in bed. Why is she doing homework in a cocktail dress? She wanted to be fancy. She wanted to feel nice. (laughs) I was like, you're overly dressed for doing homework in bed. (laughs) Put them PGs on, girl. (laughs) Susan comes in to borrow some lipstick. And we find out that she's going to go to jail to talk to Mike one last time to tell him about the lawyer, which I don't think is wrong of her to do. Absolutely not. Like, it would be weird if she just stopped showing up. Yeah. Like, like I you think, should let him know what's going on. I, like, I think it, she owes it to him to be like, hey, I got you this lawyer on the condition I can't really see you that much right now. And, like, I hope this works out for you. Like, you should say goodbye to somebody. Mm-hmm. It yeah. is not weird. It is not weird for her to say goodbye to him. But Julie kind of makes it out to be like it is. Well, she's just like, and why then, are you trying to look sexy if it's just a goodbye? And yeah. that is valid. That is valid. We then cut back to Brie. She asks Alma out to dinner. And then she goes, actually, since my husband's here, let's make it a dinner party. And <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. Sorry, I can't go on a date with you. Um, but we can have a party instead. Yeah, because she, she looks out the window and she sees Susan getting ready to leave and she's mm-hmm. like yeah i think we can make something out of this because she wants I got to some tell face her rubbing to i gotta do <laughs> yeah we then get jail dun 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 yeah i mean so this is basically what we just said makes sense right like she yeah. should tell him like hey i can't see you anymore you have a new lawyer but the chemistry in this scene, oh the chemistry is the there. chemistry I was shaking. I was quaking. My little knees were buckling. I was like, (laughs) chemistry, I'm going to fucking rip my hair out. It was so good. And Mike shoots his shot. Oh, he does. Excuse me? Mr. Mikey Poo? He fully shoots his shot in the scene. And I was like, he was like, oh, Amnesia can't get that man down. He's like, you know what? Fuck it. Well, he he's starting to I think he's starting to remember a little bit, even though he doesn't remember specifics. But like he definitely has feelings. And now that Edie is not like kind of whispering in his ear about how she is, he is just getting to know her in the way he used to. And to mm-hmm. him, she's so kind and warm and loving. And it's oh, the chemistry. Oh, the chemistry. I miss them. So also, why day, is, don't worry. Why is there not a sc- like a screen? They shake hands physically, and w- he's a he's arrested on murder charges. Why is he not behind a a screen like they normally would be? The suburbs are a different place. <laughs> I just found that to be funny because I feel like every other scene they're doing the whole like phone on behind yeah. a plastic screen thing, and then this scene is not. I was like, what? And then we cut to Taco Night. Uh, it's time for dinner at the Scavo household. Kayla wants to watch TV while she eats, but that's not what we do here. 
That's one of the rules. We don't watch TV while we eat. Oh, but your mommy just died. Uh, okay. Okay, you can watch TV. Yeah, Lynette's trying to go Which, a little easy on her. I think that's fine. I do I, as but well. Like, I, but I understand, like, this child is... Y- manipulating. Manipulative. Um, the fucking, like, the acting choices this little child is making of, like, the mustache twirling. Like, like yes, Lynette, I can do what I want. Like, it's just very funny to me. Well, I've talked about this before, is when Desperate Housewives need a villain, you really have to do that sharp <laughs> pivot. You have to know that they are a villain. So there is yes. no confusion. Yes. Also, can I say, I she mentioned, like, Tom's not home because of the, the restaurant. I fully mm. forgot about the restaurant. So did I. I, like, forgot that it was a plot point. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, he is doing that, huh? Yeah. Do you think it'll ever come back? <laughs> what if he's just building the restaurant also- for the rest of the series? Lynette has to go back to work at some point. Yeah, when is she going to fucking go? Ed's just letting her have paid time off for like five months. Can, yeah. Can weird. I get in that job? <laughs> can I? Yeah. Can I fucking go into advertising so I can have five months of paid vacation? Jeez. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, the kid's being really manipulative. And like the thing is, it's like her mom, her mom did just die. It's like this heart. I think the thing is, it's like I think it's maybe just an issue of writing and and the way it's being directed and acted because like, mm-hmm. I think like I obviously I, my, my gut is to feel very sympathetic to this child. Cause her mom did just die. And I think she's feeling a lot of complicated feelings about having to move in with a dad. She really never knew. And a woman who is going to kind of take the, pl- the role of a mother in her life. All that makes sense, but it's just kind of being presented really weird. And yeah, like Kayla just kind of annoys me. Which I, yeah. feel, I feel bad for because I'm like, I know she's going through some hardship, but she kind of just annoys me. <laughs> Whoa. And that's essentially what we get there. Yeah. The next scene, we have Gabby and Bill coming back from a date. Uh, Gabby outfit watch. Uh, I just thought it was good. I liked her shiny coat. Oh, hell But while yeah. they're coming home, they spot a bushel of pink roses from a secret admirer. And Gabby is convinced that it was Carlos. So she runs over there, yells at him. He says, it's not me. And then she throws the roses at him and walks back home. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, like, I think this is such a funny storyline that shows do because Bill is like so mature mm-hmm. and like really secure in their relationship. And he's like not jealous. He's like, as long as I have you, like, I'm fine. Like, that should be sexy that he's like secure and he doesn't give a shit and he's not some jealous asshole. But of course, Gabby is like turned off by it. Yeah, because she's so used to being with Carlos. Yeah, she's not used to being with a mature adult man. <laughs> Cut back. We find Lynette picking up Nellie from the trash with her arms ripped off. We find out that Kayla also stuffed her with chili <laughs> That's before throwing her in the trash. funny to me. But um, how do you even clean that? The, the thing is, you don't. <laughs> you don't clean that. <laughs> it's ruined forever, yeah. Tom says maybe you should try being a little hard on her. Maybe you should just, like, treat her like she is one of your own children. Yeah. I don't see anything wrong with that. And Which is a Lynette weird tactic. Tries, yeah. Lynette tries to talk to him about, like, maybe he could come home a little bit more just because, like, she he is the one she trusts. Yes. But he is very much, like, all of our savings are in this restaurant. I cannot do that. And that makes sense, but also, like maybe you should have waited to bring her home then. Yeah. Because if she was with her grandparents that she's presumably known her whole life and you don't have the time to spend with her, then she should have stayed with her grandparents until you have the time because Mm -hmm. like she's not like blood related to anyone else in this house, right? Like Tom is her connection. She clearly has a love for her dad. And I just feel like, yeah, dude, I mean, if she's connected to the boys, cause she, I guess, yeah, they're half brother, half siblings, but I don't know. I just feel like like if you didn't have the time to spend with her during this like huge transition, then maybe mm-hmm. she shouldn't have come yet. Like it just feels like kind of I like I'm not mad at Tom, but I just feel like it's a little irresponsible on his end to be like to rush her coming to the house because I just feel like I don't know. I just feel like he needed he he I, I agree with Lynette that he needs to be here because it's a huge transition for this kid. Also, what we cut to, I choked on my drink. It was so sexual. I was like <laughs> I was so shocked. I fully choked. 
Because, I mean, we've known Julie since she was a baby. <laughs> and now she's I'm making s- out with a boy getting her shirt unbuttoned on TV. I spit. I like, I was, I could, I choked. I choked. Because if you can't tell, Julie is getting down and dirty with Austin. And yeah, speaking of thinking of season one people, think how tiny she was. I'm stressed out by how old she is now. I feel like I'm watching my own child grow up. Mm-hmm. Slipping through my fingers Guess what? all the time. What? She doesn't want to have sex. She's not ready yet. That's totally valid. Yeah. And that's that scene. Austin is very respectful. He says, if you don't want to have sex, we don't have to have sex. Yeah. I actually love that. I love that he's like antithetical, I guess, to what we would think this kind of bad boy persona is. Because he's just like, okay, cool. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> he seems nice about it, which is cool. And then we cut to my favorite character in the whole show. With Julie. Yes. Making Sundays. Yes. Danielle. Danielle. I loved the older teens hanging. I loved this scene. Me too. I fucking loved it. I was so confused because Danielle (laughs) seemed normal. Yeah. She was so normal. Because it was just like. She was chill. Danielle was like, you got to hold on to him. If if, like he's being respectful of you and you don't want to have sex and he's okay with that. Keep him. Keep him around. Danielle also looked really cute. Mm-hmm. Her hair's looking good. Her outfit's looking good. She was normal. Mm-hmm. She was chill. I was like yeah. living for Danielle in this scene. I was like, what's going on? The prophecy where I said we'd be Danielle stands. Maybe it's happening. Um, I don't know about that <laughs> quite yet, but I was, I was loving this normal Danielle. Andrew comes in and says, you're joking, right? Guys need sex. Guys need sex. And Austin... He's not even gay after three beers. Austin confirmed straight. <laughs> Austin confirmed straight of the episode. <laughs> yeah, Austin is our very first straight of the episode. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> uh, I love seeing the older teens hanging. Like I kind of, I, I would it. love to see the three of them have more, more of a rapport on the show just because it's almost like they're like the next gen. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I kind of love that they're, they're, I loved this so much. Little Miss Vandetramp is also a fucking funny name. And I love how she started it herself. <laughs> she was like, look, if I'm going to have a nickname, it's going to be a good one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, it was better than the other things that she was being called. There we go. Little Miss Vandetramp merch. <laughs> would anyone tell me? Like Little Debbie's honest- snack cakes, but it's <laughs> Little Miss Vandetramp's. With Daniel's face. Tell me honestly, everyone, um, either in one of our messaging platforms, would you wear a Little Miss Vandetramp shirt? Let me, <laughs> let me know. Because if we make merch, at least one person legally does have to buy it. Yeah, legally, or else we get sniped. So <laughs> we, get, we get sniped. There's a red dot <laughs> on my face. Um <laughs> We then cut to another very short Gabby and Bill scene. We just find out that she is donating some clothes to um, a shelter. And I was thinking, I'm gay as hell, but I'm kind of in love with this man. Because he (laughs) likes picnics. He donates to charity. He likes documentaries, foreign documentaries, and he's a foodie. This is my dream man right here. You should date him. He's a perfect guy. And he's not jealous. He's a, he's perfect. Bill's great. <laughs> I don't know what fucking wrong with Gabby. <laughs> I'll go to the music box and watch a documentary with Bill. Are you kidding oh me? Oh, my God. He would he would take Gabby to the music box and then be she would be, like, disgusted. Um, this place is, like, so old. It's not even an AMC. <laughs> what is this, a church? Like, when the <laughs> organ's playing? Yeah. <laughs> Um, that's for our Chicago, that's, uh, Chicago. for our Chicago yeah. people there. <laughs> but Gabby, um, kind of obsessed with proving the point that Carlos is the one who sent her those flowers, asks if they can stop by a florist, mm-hmm. um, cause she forgot to do something. We then cut to Susan calling Detective Ridley, mm-hmm. uh, to tell him about Orson's affair. Yeah. And... I love how she gets a call and she's like, I know I just called and like, um, hold on. <laughs> and like she called him and she's putting him on hold. <laughs> and it's Brie on the other line. Uh, Brie 
Brie invites Susan to the dinner party. And very funny when Brie is saying, your friendship means the world to me. Susan just hangs up right away and goes back to Detective Ridley and is like, okay, here's everything I know. Yes. And that's that scene. And Gabby swings by the flower shop. I wanted to write lesbian of the episode for this woman who owns the flower shop. Um, less so, I guess, on the content, because she ends up saying she wants a date with a guy. But just her look. She has a lesbian mm-hmm. vibe to me. Yeah. And um, she's a gardener. And um, Imagine Me and You imagine is me lesbian you. history. So. I love that movie. I should watch it. Uh, so Gabby's like, could you just look up who sent these flowers? Uh, she looks it up. She sees that the person wanted to remain anonymous, so she refuses to give Gabby f- the, the name. And basically, like, they fight, and Gabby locks this fucking woman in a fridge, which is wild. And then Bill walks in and sees Gabby being unhinged. And mm. Gabby's also having to search, 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 search. Wouldn't it be, like, at the top of the pile? Because she, like, just put it back on. I think it was in the middle, and then she, like, put the stack back down. Okay. I just was like, what? But basically, he's, like, annoyed. He's like, hey, you're so hung up on your ex. I am being really present and cool and chill with you. I mean, I'm being the perfect man. Uh, And you're uh, obsessed with your ex-husband. So I don't think I want to date you anymore. Because he has self-respect, and he's a king, okay? And she says it's okay. And then there's this weird little moment where he unlocks the woman from the fridge, and she's just like... You want to go on a date? <laughs> I would. I would date you. And I honestly, I hope they do. Yeah. I hope. So do I, I hope we see those characters in like season six or some shit, and they're like married. Mm-hmm. I would love that. We then cut to Lynette Scavo and her babies out to eat. <laughs> Kayla is the only one who hasn't finished her ice cream, but they got to get going because Lynette has to be at a brunch. She has to be somewhere. I was confused. Was it the dinner party? It might have been. I can't remember, although... The thing is, they don't... This show is really confusing about when things are happening and what day we're actually on. So I couldn't tell what she was talking about. But Kayla purposefully is giving Lynette a lot of shit. Like, she's eating her ice cream very slowly uh, when Lynette tries to grab her to take her out. She starts screaming Sheesh. and she starts crying and she says, you're not my mommy. And so when Lynette goes outside to the car, she enlists in the babies to pull her out of the restaurant for her. And when she gets weird looks, she's just like, kids, always roughhousing, am I right? That was actually kind of smart. Yeah, it was very smart. Yeah. Because she knows that, like, her kids will do this for her. Yeah. Like, I- they're, they, they're fed up. And also, she promised... <laughs> She yeah she she promised uh, dinner in front of the TV for like weeks and, like, a week. People will be judgmental probably about kids fighting like that, but they won't be like this that those kids are kidnapping that young girl. Like they'll just think it's siblings fighting with each other. So yeah, or like the worst they would be is like break it up. Yeah 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 yeah. You know. I also loved the in the group shot the babies looking like little bodyguards, like the, all their little yeah. their little arms crossed and they look they look so cute. I love the babies so much. I can't stand I it. Penny is anyway. <laughs> she's missing. I love the idea of Tom making pizzas and she's like strapped to his chest and he's just like <laughs> fucking throwing pizza dough and and then he throws it in the air and then she catches it on her little baby arm and like spins. <laughs> this is it. what we've been training for, Lynette. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I can't come home. I'm I'm training Penny to make pizza with me. She's going to take the family business. <laughs> uh, we then cut to a scene that made me sad. Uh, yeah. Julie and Austin kissing in a tree. F-U-C-K-I-N-G. F-U-C-K-I-N-G. <laughs> um, he unbuttons her shirt and then he stops and he's like, okay, you want to go home? This is usually when we're done. And she's like, I want to do what you want. And he's like, you want to have sex? And she's like, well, okay. Yeah. And then they have sex. It's and not that enthusiastic sucks. consent. That sucks. <laughs> no, it sucks. But also the idea, like, if you're, like, in a position in a relationship where you're not having sex and you're just doing some, what you're doing, I do love how he, like, unbuttons the shirt and then stops. Is it, like, I'm like, you, you do, like, why unbutton the shirt in the first place if you're just going to stop immediately after? Because one day she's going to say, do another button. Do another button. Um, and then you stop. Yeah. And then you do another button yeah. next time. <laughs> no, it's it sucks a lot because it's like, it, it's, it is unclear to me if Julie actually wanted to do this. I do, it feels like she feels pressured because she cares about him. I don't know. It just feels weird. And it's weird. I can know that I, she's growing up, but it's like, ugh. Can I say something wild that I said maybe in season one or two? Please. That I'm going to say again? Please. What if Julie gets pregnant? 
by Austin. That would be hell on earth. What if Danielle gets pregnant too? What if they both get pregnant? <laughs> it's the pregnancy pack that like lifetime yes. movie. <laughs> that would be fucking crazy. I hope that does not happen. I just, I mean, the thing is, like, I like Austin, and I, I like if they're gonna be like a couple and like do the thing. Like, I want them to do that when they're adults. I don't want her to get pregnant when she still has a lot of life left to live and she's like what how old is she supposed to be like 16 17 i think she's 16 or 17 because i feel like when we first met her she was like 13 right and we're in season Mm -hmm. three so yeah i don't know i don't want her to get pregnant that would suck so bad well if she doesn't get pregnant with austin she'll get pregnant in season eight oh by who i don't know it's um but it's gonna be a a thing (laughs) he's gonna she's gonna name him She's going to name, it's going to be a boy. She's going to name him after her father, Mike Delfino. <laughs> She's going to go back and retcon who her dad who has, is. Who has since passed in season eight. Oh my God. Let's see. Then we cut to Mike in jail. A guy's asking him what he's in for. Mike says, you know, they say I killed a woman, but I don't remember any of the details. And the guy's like, yeah, sure. And then we hear a mysterious voice say, I believe you. Oh, my God. And the camera pans. And it is Paul Young. I fucking forgot about him. Yeah. And I forgot that he's in jail. (laughs) The thing is, like, watching watching this show week by week and having the the seasons go so long, they kind of just, like, mush. And so sometimes you just don't remember that Paul Young exists. Exists. Yeah. I think it's so funny I, but then i was like yeah he is in jail huh that is the last time we saw him huh and i was like mm-hmm. oh shit so i what i'm scared i'm scared for what's gonna happen because i forgot that mike also doesn't know who the fuck he is i was like great a new person to fuck with mike <laughs> yeah because he doesn't remember who when is mike gonna get his fucking memory back <laughs> at the end of the season <laughs> we then go to kayla and lynette we find out that um, this is this scene is a little rough. Yeah, Kayla. We find out that Kayla blames Lynette for her mom's death because she, oh, she's talking to Tom. Yes, Lynette's listening in though. I think yes, and Tom says, "Listen, that didn't. That's not what happened. She didn't die because of Lynette. And I just, I need you for me to be good." Okay, and Kayla says, I'll be good, but I I want you to know I will never love her. It's rough. Mm -hmm. It's fucking rough. And like, like I said, like, I mean, think about the other interactions she's had with Lynette. Remember when Lynette kicked her door in and screamed at her mother? Like, that was scary. Yeah. And then and then, yeah, like, it seems like Kayla's point of view, because I mean, all she had to go on was what with what her was what her mom was telling her, and when mm-hmm. you're a kid, you believe a lot of the shit your parents says. So of course, she shares her mother's point of view of Lynette is trying to steal me from my dad and my mm-hmm. mom, and it makes sense why she feels this way. It just it fucking sucks. And Lynette, we see that she's listening, and she's so, clearly so profoundly sad by this. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's like it's like when a kid has that kind of idea in her brain, like she killed my mom like how are you supposed to make her not believe that i don't i literally don't know what i would do in this situation Mm -hmm. yeah and then we move to i don't even remember what what happens really in this scene all i wrote was that gabby shows up in a fur coat and her tits are out everyone's tits are just out in this Mm -hmm. (laughs) episode and i think she just kind of tries to confront him about the flowers right she does because she's like i Lost a relationship because of you. Her coat, her fur coat looks great, by the way. It does. And Carlos goes into this spiel about how I would never give you pink roses. It's white orchids. Because those are your favorite. And sunflowers for when you're sad. And when you have the flu, it's blue irises. Because I know you, Gabby. And, uh... I, I did like this scene because Gabby kind of sits down with him and is like, it sucks that you know me. It sucks that I have to date again. You have to start over. It, it, it is hard. Yeah. And like, even if those like emotions aren't there, 
like of like love and like wanting to be in a relationship like it does suck like you have to like go through that process all over again and just you have to let somebody else in and it's hard yeah and it might not work can i tell you something that i never thought i would think in my whole life sure i was watching this scene and it was like that moment after he talks about how he's dating too and like they kind of laugh and they're just sitting together and i was like this is the best chemistry they've ever had yeah like i was genuinely like into them in this scene and i forgot about all the like they've also changed his character so much because he used to be like a really like malicious kind of abusive person and he's so chill now and like i actually don't mind him now that he's pretty chill Um, i think his job yeah (laughs) him losing his job was great for him yeah because now he's just kind of hanging out and like i don't know i just there was a moment where they were just kind of looking at each other and i was like I don't think I want them to get back together. I know there's some people who like love them as a couple, but I don't know if I love that, but this chem- their chemistry in the scene was the best it's been for like all three seasons for me. Oh yeah. I was like, okay, now I see it. Now I can see mm-hmm. why people would like them together. Yeah. I can't believe I said that, but here <laughs> we are. We then go to the dinner party. Almost getting ready, and I did not know she was trans. <laughs> I was about to say, I, I knew you would make the joke, and I was ready for it. <laughs> I didn't know. She's on hormones, Yay. queen. <laughs> I honestly would love that, though I know they're probably not going to put a trans character on this show. Um, if I would... they put a trans character on this show, it would be horrible, but <laughs> I would love to watch it. Yes. I would love to see that. <laughs> I would love to see what they, their, the sick, twisted minds. I think the closest <laughs> we have so far is Pearly Gates, maybe, who I love yeah. her. She's an icon. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so she doesn't yeah, inject she herself in... with something. Yeah. She's probably like slowly poisoning herself or whatever <laughs> so that when... Is that your prediction? Yeah. So that when Orson... It's going to be something to plant Orson. I don't know. She's going to try to fake her death. She's going to gone girl him again, but like more real this time. She's going to actually die. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that thing where if you give somebody a little bit of... Is it is it arsenic or is it it's like if you give somebody a little bit of something every day, it's not enough to show up in their system, but it still builds and collects. And so they will yeah. still die after a while. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, it's it isn't a thing. It might be arsenic. I don't remember. I don't know. I don't know. That's your prediction. That's what you think she's injecting. Yeah. Hell yeah. What else? I don't know. Just I mean, I do know, but Botox I don't know. injections. <laughs> She's putting uh, Botox her thigh in her ass. Botox. And they were like, we've got to show her doing her, her daily Botox injections <laughs> into her ass cheek. She wants that we ass to look toit, you know? Yeah, we need we need toit ass. Toit like a toit, you know? Um, anyway, dinner party starts happening. Brie introduces Alma by saying, hey, Susan, I hope... Uh, you haven't been using that straw for a while because you're going to have to use it to suck my ass. Yeah. Um, and they're having like a, a fine dinner. Like everybody's kind of just like, what the fuck? And then and there's a getting, knock on they're the door. Getting the, well, they're getting the tea. Yes. Like they find out she was in Canada. All of that stuff. Susan does not look sold on it. No. Susan is like, this is shady shit right here. Detective Suze, she's got a little cap on. There's a knock on the door. Yes. And it is Detective Ridley. Whoa. (laughs) Did your voice just drop as you were speaking? No, I burped while I was speaking. Detective Ridley. Whoa, Ripley. Whoa, mama. (laughs) But uh, he's there and he wants to talk to Mike because they know about the affair. Oh, Orson. Yeah, I wrote Mike in my notes (laughs) on accident. Mike's in jail. (laughs) Mike's in jail. Mikey poo. Detective Ridley wants to ask... Orson more questions about Monique because he knows about the affair and Brie and Susan make eye contact and Brie is just like what the fuck how does she know Susan did it Susan? she's the only one she told I guess. she's the only one who knows she's giving up her but Susan's also doing a super guilty look Susan like gives herself up almost and I'm like yeah this could have remained anonymous queen if you just like just fucking kept a straight face for two seconds it's probably 
the look on Susan's face that gives it away. Because even if Brie knows that Susan is the only one she told, she's probably like, what? How did this happen? How did this happen? Because Susan would never tell. Oh, my God. She did. And Susan's like, look, Brie, I couldn't sit on info. That would hurt Mike. Because when I saw him the other day, I... Ian Mike- comes in with a you saw Mike. What the fuck are you doing? He like came so into this party pissed. as a piss baby. He was like mad all night. It, it's just weird. Like he's super mad that she saw Mike, and then Bree says something super snippy, and like Bree like kicks Susan out and is like, "We're not friends anymore." And am I wrong? Is this the first time we've really seen like a friendship between the ladies? Like really really fall apart like i feel like we have yet to see a friendship breakup this big in the group yet yeah because like they've had tiffs they've had fights but it's always resolved itself but i feel like this is a major one that like won't be resolved within two episodes yeah i don't think it will so i'm excited to see that i'm excited to see conflict and how they get back together me because they will as well so rest in peace bruising martha hoover oh yeah (laughs) and we had this we we close out that scene with a very hilarious shot of tom and alma being the only ones left at the table (laughs) that was funny and he's like so how was canada (laughs) Um, i love that we then immediately go to ian and susan fighting she says listen like i had to go i had to explain to him he's freaking out he doesn't want to see her anymore she says listen i love you and i want to be with you and i had to do this for both like myself and mike and then ian stops everything oh my god you love me oh my god you never said that yet baby he's austin powers now (laughs) yeah baby yeah baby and that's really groovy that you love me back to this shagadelic couple uh, <laughs> um he stops everything and he uh, i presume they have sex <laughs> I, I i'm over them i'm over them so hard i can't handle it. like you tell like the chemistry in the musen scene earlier rocked my fucking ass off and this can't compare it just can't compare can't compare you know what we then cut to? I, they got me. I really thought they it was Julie. Me. I thought it was Julie. No, no, no. I knew it wasn't Julie. I, I was, was like, who is this? Who is this? Because they're in a bed now. I thought it was Julie. I no, did. I, because I, I just assumed that they had sex outside. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, who is he in bed with? And then I was like, of course, you can't be normal for two fucking seconds, Danielle. I felt you so can't f- be normal for two <laughs> seconds. I felt so fucking dumb that the show tricked me into thinking Danielle was a good friend earlier. Are you <laughs> kidding me? I like I should have remembered this, but I didn't. And I was like, fuck you, TV show. I really thought Danielle was awesome earlier. I really want to play the Desperate Housewives game more with you because I want to like I want to see. I, I miss that drama, and this drama reminds me of the game. And yes. just Also, we shit. should say it's awesome. Also, I said earlier in the episode, I did say what if her and Danielle get pregnant because I wasn't thinking. So we can cut that if you want. We no, can leave I it wa- in. I want you to keep the we can, ble- we can bleep it. So it could be like, what if Julian beep, get pregnant? No, 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 no. We can keep it. We can keep it. I... Yeah, like we should say, Austin. It's Austin in bed with Danielle. Yes, it, uh, yes. and it's uh, I'm I'm in hell. I also don't remember what the music cue was, but I wrote down the note in all caps that this music cue is is wild. So I don't remember what it was, but uh, okay. Uh, everyone have that. Inj- I think it was like a creepy, like like oh, like, like a mis- mysterious, <laughs> yeah. like. Um, I just I Danielle. She got me. She tricked me. Mm-hmm. I feel I feel I feel duped at the yeah. moment. But we cut away. Edie is selling either it's is it the young house or it's either the young or the apple white house i think it's the young house because the apple whites didn't they move into the young house no because well i don't know because art was in the young house just now and art left i just i don't know what house is free (laughs) it's one of the two but (laughs) we'll figure it out probably in the next episode edie's selling selling it it to alma I love how these houses are kind of just like a roulette of people going through them. Like, people move into this house once a year. I think that's so fucking funny. Edie asks 
Alma why she wants to live on Wisteria Lane. And in a groundbreaking change, uh, Mary Alice does not deliver our end of episode monologue. Alma does, because Mm -hmm. she tells us, And I need a place where I can really settle down. Know what I mean? I want to live in a place where children know how to behave. We see Lynette and Kayla. Where people still have some sense of moral value. And we see Austin fucking Danielle. Where friendships are good and strong and last forever. We see Susan and Bree. And she just wants to fit in. And Mary Alice comes in at the end and notes, Oh, you will, Alma. You absolutely will. And I kind of loved that. I I loved it. It It was a nice switch up and it was spooky. It was spooky. I love, and we've talked about it, I think season one, because we haven't had it in a while. I love it when Mary Alice responds. I love it when Mary Alice, like, I almost wish she was around more because I do like it when she, um, when she responds to what's being said. Does that make sense? Yeah. When she's like, I just want to fit in. And Mary Alice responds to that. I love that shit. I love feeling like Mary Alice is like present. And watching with, with us, I love that. I love that so much. And that's the end of the episode. Ooh. How do you feel about it? I feel great. I liked that episode. It was fun. I thought it was fun. We got we got some good shit in that episode. We need a lesbian of the episode. I think for some reason, my, my gut, I really do like Alma calling Bree's pound cake moist. Mm. What are you feeling? Nellie? Who is that? the doll <laughs> do we need to have a memoriam for nelly <laughs> do you want to do a memoriam for nelly no we had a fight and i lost all my respect for her oh my so actually God. i take did, back my lesbian nomination did you fill um, her with chili <laughs> i can neither confirm nor deny and so lesbian of the episode is alma calling breeze cake pound cake moist her quote unquote pound cake you know what i mean you know what i'm saying you know um (laughs) we have been wisteria gays clearly we're hyper today i'm feeling really hyper and wild hyper every day i know we are it's because we get so excited to be together because we're wisteria gays baby Mm-hmm. And if you want to find us on Twitter or Instagram, you can find us at Wisteria Gaze on Twitter and at Wisteria Gaze underscore on Instagram. One day I will get the pure handle and my life will be perfect. And you can also find us on our website, WisteriaGaze.com. Yeah, and on our website, you can find links to our Discord. It's great. A lot of pe- people have been popping up in there. We've been oh, talking yes. about the show. We got a section for memes. Uh, it's great. Uh, there's also a link to our merch just in time for the holidays. Get some Wisteria Gaze merch. Get a little don't talk to me before I've had my piss mug. Come on. Can I upload that? Is that up? I I hope. I hope. I need, if not, I will absolutely upload that. I feel like we, is it up? (gasps) It is up. Yeah. So go go get one of those. I'll be ordering one for the holidays. (laughs) Uh, so get yours today while supplies last. Also, on our website, you can find our Patreon. Our Patreon is great. It helps support us. It helps support the show. And we love you so much if you donate. Oh, yeah, we do. And you get some really cool perks like ad-free episodes, episode show notes, and episode shout-outs. So we want to take the next minute to shout-out our patrons. Thank you to AJ. Amanda. Annie. Kaylin. Cheryl. Elise. Helena. New patron Kim, Liv, Lydia, Nadia, Sarah, and Tom. Thank you so much for being our patrons. You're the juiciest of all time. Thank you so, 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 so much. And we have some fun stuff coming up for y'all. Yes, we do. And if you want to subscribe to our Patreon, it is pay what you can with a minimum of $2. And you can go to our website, which is wisteria.gay or (laughs) patreon.com slash wisteria gays. You know what else I love? Tell me. Reviews. (gasps) Reviews get my ass blasted. We both love reviews. They make our days and they also help people find the show, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. And at the end of every episode, we like posing a question to help get those rejuices flowing. And so 
Do we want to keep up the the question from earlier? Or do you have a different question? I I love that. I love the idea of what would what would you get? Uh, maybe not all the housewives. Maybe pick a housewife and your, tell me what you yeah, would your get. Your secret Santa. Yeah, who's your desperate housewives secret Santa, and what would you get them for 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 secret Santa? What would you? What would you? I think I would. The first thing that came to my mind is I pick Brie, mm-hmm. and I uh, I get her a dicky. Okay. Do you know what that is? Yeah, I do. Or it's like just because her tits are out so much, she must be cold. So I get her a dicky so that she can just put it over. Do you her want to neck. describe what that is if somebody doesn't yeah, know what a dicky is? It's basically just like the top part of a shirt, right? It's just like <laughs> literally like the part that goes around your neck with a little bit of chest coverage. Um, and I don't know what they're, what are they even used for? I think they they're used to go like under shirts or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I would get Bria Dickey to help cover her, her chest just for when she's cold. You know what I mean? Cause her tits yeah. have been out so much lately. Like she's got to be freezing. The, the first <laughs> thing that came to my mind I would give Mike Delfino my body. Her <laughs> secret Santa. <laughs> you show up in a. It's like you're, you're like Brie in, in in when she shows up with Rex, but you're wearing like the 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 heart boxers, yeah, and like a fur coat, and you just like. <laughs> and I'm like, there's no receipt, Mike. <laughs> I love that. So when you leave us a review, let us know who your Desperate Housewives Wisteria Lane Secret Santa is and what you're getting them for the holidays. Hell yeah. Other than that, you can find me, Ned, on social media at Ned Jorts. You can find me, Mackenzie, at Mackenzie Wilkes. Mackenzie. Yes. I love you. I love you, dude. Everyone else. Everyone else. Stay juicy. Stay juicy. That's such a bad accent. Juicy.